Welcome to Political Beatdown, Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen bringing out the gloves for those just listening on audio. I did not know those Everlast gloves were coming out. Michael Cohen boxing live right now. We've got a lot to discuss. First and foremost, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. I'll tell you who was not having happy holidays. Merry Christmas. That was Donald Trump, who was rage and panic posting on his social media platform. We will cover that also. Donald Trump was grifting off the Supreme Court, denying special counsel Jack Smith's petition for certiorari, although I don't really think Donald Trump fully understands what it is the Supreme Court did there. It's Donald Trump's appeal of the district court's denial of his assertion of absolute presidential immunity. So Donald Trump is celebrating that the Supreme Court is not hearing on an expedited basis yet his appeal on the issue of absolute presidential immunity. We'll also go through the brief that Donald Trump filed with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on that issue of absolute presidential immunity. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals is moving this case along very rapidly. You have oral arguments scheduled for January 9th. Donald Trump's brief that he filed is so absurd. He says, all of the conduct alleged in special counsel Jack Smith's criminal indictment in the Washington, D.C. case are part of his official responsibilities, constitute official acts of the presidency. What? We'll talk about that and more. Michael Cohen, how are you doing, sir? You know, uh, happy holidays to everyone. How am I doing? Uh, there's so much that's going on. You know, just this morning alone, yeah, and it's Christmas. I get phone calls from various different outlets, whether it's from Newsweek, whether it was from Ross Story regarding uh, Newsweek regarding you all brigaders. Uh, ben and I will get to that after. Um, then there was another one in Ross Story about Kanye or Ye's recent apology uh, regarding the anti-Semitism remarks that he previously made. But then I started getting phone calls from various different outlets, all turning around and saying things like, um, if the March 4th Chutkin case does not go forward because of the current appeal that is pending, what does that do to the Alvin Bragg case? That is due to start on March 25th, which is a criminal, it's a state criminal um, case. So my comment, of course, is, well, maybe you should reach out to the prosecutors from the Manhattan <laughs> District Attorney's Office, right? Or why don't you, why don't you reach out to Alvin Bragg himself? And they're like, well, you know, we figured that we would reach out to you. And of course, you know, we will speak to them and get a comment from them as well. So my answer, of course, is if in fact it doesn't go forward, meaning the Chutkin uh, March 5th case or the March 4th case, well, I suspect that it's not slowing down Alvin Bragg's case. All that this appeal does, I mean, right now, the Trump camp has claimed victory. It's a major victory for them that the delay, delay, delay. No, no, it's not. All it does is it shifts the schedule as to which of the four indictments, and there may even be a fifth coming up soon. And that, of course, 
is the um, the Michigan uh, potential fifth indictment. But all it does is change the schedule. It does not push uh, things off ad infinitum. It just basically, again, shifts the schedule, which case goes first, which goes second, which goes third, and which goes fourth. Michael Cohen, a fifth indictment? You think there could be potentially another indictment that not a lot of people are talking about as it relates to Trump? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Ben, as I'm sure you and the brigaders have seen, Trump was indicted on what? On the um, Brad Raffensperger, uh, who's the uh, Georgia Secretary of State, and the improper, or as he would like to call it, the perfect phone call. Well, there were... There's another perfect phone call, this time in Michigan, with the two canvassers. But not only do I think that Trump potentially can be indicted for that as well, but I think Ronna Romney McDaniel, who is the head of the RNC, Republican National Committee, I believe that she as well can be indicted for, yeah. uh, you know, for interference Uh, obstruction of justice, potential witness tampering when they were offering uh, to these two canvassers not to sign the documents and in exchange, if anything happens, that they will provide them with attorneys. Uh, I think that there is a problem uh, in that. And the sickest thing is that these recordings exist of the entire transaction. Why these things haven't come out earlier, I don't know. They w- I wish they would have, but I do believe that a potential fifth indictment is coming. How about some great local journalism there by the Detroit News who broke yeah. that story, right? The, those two Wayne County canvassers who voted to certify the results in Wayne County, but then try to retract their certification of those results later uh, on November 17th, November 18th. And people said, what happened? And now that gap has been filled in because there's this audio recording of Donald Trump and Ronna Romney McDaniel calling up these Wayne County canvassers and saying that it's a bad look. It's They shouldn't have done that, that they will get lawyers provided for them by Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And it is clear as day right there that Donald Trump was engaged while he was in the office, disgracing that office of those threats and intimidation at that micro level. And Donald Trump knows a lot about micro levels with here the Wayne County canvasser. So what a big story to break last week as well. So Michael Cohen, it's kind of become a Christmas holiday tradition now that- Well, uh, let's just call it Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. We'll call it uh, and Festivus, and whether you're celebrating or not celebrating, just know that we here at the Midas Touch Network and the Beatdown Brigaders. You exactly what I was saying, Cohen. We celebrate you, but Donald Trump always goes into a rage, and I saw one analysis which was, I think, spot on, which is that for Donald Trump on holidays like Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever the holiday is where people are celebrating others, where they're celebrating, whether it's their religion, just celebrating their family, celebrating life, that's taking away attention 
from Donald Trump. So particularly on holidays, he needs to always turn it back to me, me, me. So he says the most outrageous things on holidays as the attention isn't on him. So I want to get to those statements in a moment. But for a whole MAGA Republican phony movement that professes to, oh, there's a war on Christmas, there's a this and a that, these it's beyond parody, the types of things that these MAGA Republicans have said before. So I always want to remind people of some of the most outrageous stuff. So first, I want to remind everybody of that time where Melania Trump was saying, F Christmas. I hate this holiday. Screw Christmas. Here, play, play this clip. They say I'm, I'm complicit. I'm the same like him. I support him. I don't no. say enough. I don't do enough. No. Where, where I am, I put the, I'm working like a ass, my ass. I know. Christmas stuff that, you know, who gives a f about Christmas stuff and decoration, but I need to do it, right? Yeah, but Correct? 100%. You have and no then, choice. And okay, and then I do it, and I say that I'm working on Christmas uh, planning for the Christmas, and they said, "Oh, what about the children that they were separated? Give me a break!" The, uh, where, where they were saying anything when Obama did that? I know. Do, do, I cannot. <laughs> oh, when, uh, when did Obama? I, <laughs> but the Christmas, the Christmas. I mean, I do, I do, I work my ass off. I mean, get the fuck out of here. I mean, enough is enough already. You know, I'm very friendly. And I have been for over two and a half, maybe even longer, about three decades with um, with Stephanie. I mean, I go back with her family into 1980s. I mean, talk about going back a long, long time. I can only tell you that, you know, I mean, as I listened to this recording, and of course, I've heard it several times uh, before. I remember calling Stephanie right after the first time, and I said, holy shit, were you goading her in that conversation? She goes, of course I was. I couldn't believe that she was sitting there, and she was like, fuck Christmas, fuck the decorations, and fuck the kids that you know, Trump separated from the families at the border and then blaming it on Obama. I mean, you want to talk about a female version of what Donald has become or is? I mean, Melania is, as she said in the very first line, I'm no different. Yeah, and that was uh, Stephanie Winston Walkoff there who recorded that conversation with Melania. She's been a guest on your show before on Mea Culpa. Oh, yeah. Make sure everybody downloads the blue Mea Culpa available on the Midas Touch Network. And she's come on the Midas Touch Brothers show as well. I wanted to show you this as well, Cohen, that uh, our editor-in-chief at MidasTouch.com, Ron Filipkowski, who does a great job over there, great put job. together this montage of Trump clips where he tries to act like he talks about the Bible but doesn't know anything about it at all. This is where he says, you know, two Corinthians walk into a bar instead of second Corinthians. Just watch some of the stuff on this clip. It's it's some wild stuff. Play the clip. The Bible. You talked about yeah, the art of the deal. Great book. The Bible, even better. Why is that for you? What well, is there's it? so many things like, you know, uh, you take uh, whatever you want to say. There's so many things that you can learn from it. Uh, Proverbs, the chapter, never bend to envy. I've had that thing all of my life where you're, people are bending to envy. And they're just, it's, actually, it's an incredible book. So many things you can learn from the Bible and you can lead your life. And I'm not just talking in terms of religion. I'm talking in terms of leading a life, mm -hmm. even beyond a religion. 
There's so many brilliant things in the Bible. And you can I'm wondering what one or two of your most favored Bible uh, verses are well, and why. I, I wouldn't want to get into it because to me that's very personal. You know, when I talk about the Bible, it's very personal. So I don't want to get into there's verses. No, there's I don't no want to get into There's no, no I, verse I, that means I a lot to you that you think about or cite. The, the Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Favorite authors? Well, I have a number of favorite authors. I think Tom Wolfe is excellent. Did you, read did you read Vanity of the Bonfires? I did not. It's a, it's a phenomenal book. What uh, book are you reading now? Yeah. Well, I'm reading, Bonfire of the Vanities. I'm reading my me. own book again because yeah. I think it's so fantastic, Tom. I mean, is there a favorite Bible verse or Bible story that has informed your thinking or your character through life, sir? Well, I think many. I mean, you know, when we get into the Bible, I think many, so many. And uh, you know, people talk an eye for an eye. You can almost say that. That's not a particularly nice thing. But, you know, if you look at what's happening to our country, I mean, when you see what's going on with our country, how people are taking advantage of us and, and how they scoff at us and laugh at us and they laugh at our face. And it's the best uh, book you've look. read beside Art of the Deal. Um, I, I really like Tom Wolfe's last book, and uh, I, think, I think he's a great author. He's, uh, he's done a beautiful job. He's, Which book? He's, uh, the, his current book. His, his, just his current book. It's just out. Bonfire of the Vanities. Yes. Um, and and uh, the, uh, the man has done a, a very, very good job. And I, don't, I, I really can't hear with his earphone, by the way. And I asked some of the folks, because I hear this is a major theme right here, but 2 Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3.17, that's the whole ballgame. Where the Spirit of the Lord, right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And here there is Liberty College, but Liberty University. But it is so true. You know, when you think, and that's really, is that the one? Is that the one you like? I think that's the one. Even to cite a verse. <laughs> what, what, Dude, it's, the whole ball, it's, the, it's the whole ball game. It's the whole ball game. Two Corinthians walked into a bar. One Corinthian came out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, but he, here's the broader point, though, Cohen, though. It, it, it's not about what religion you're a part of. Look, President Biden is someone who is actually a very devout Catholic. He doesn't throw that in people's faces. He believes in the separation of church and state and that you should be able to practice your religion in private or no religion at all. That's part of what the United States of America is about. But when Donald Trump uses and weaponizes this phoniness, one of the reasons he does it is because his conduct is so despicable that he uses the religion as a sword and a shield from his despicable conduct. And setting aside those videos that I showed you here, let me show you what Donald Trump's personality, though, is really all about. And this, to me, also goes to the absolute presidential immunity argument, because the same way that Donald Trump used to say that when you're a star and you're famous, people let you do it. They let you sexually abuse women and things like that. As he's taken and disgraced this office of the presidency, his view is when you're in the presidency, you can do whatever you want to it as well. You get full immunity, do whatever you want, abuse the country, abuse this democracy. I want to show you this deposition clip of Donald Trump in the E. Jean Carroll uh, case, the first case. And the uh, case is set for the second defamation trial mid-January, where Donald Trump is absolutely terrified of that one. But setting aside all those other videos that show how phony Donald Trump is about religion, let's just take a look at his character here. Play this clip. And you hmm. say it again, this has become very famous in this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet 
just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what it's... If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. And you consider yourself uh, to be a star? I think you can say that, yeah. And... He says, unfortunately or fortunately, that you can sexually abuse women if you are a star. And that he says he is a star. I know there's a lot of news out there about Trump and every day the depths of his depravity reach new lows. But when you see that video right there, and as we approach January with the next E. Jean Carroll trial ready, if that is not disqualifying for you as a political party or for anybody, there's really no low to the behavior that you're willing to accept. More like to the extent, if you are a supporter, how can you support somebody who says something like this, who is so sexist and misogynistic that they feel the things and they say these ignorant, just ignorant, depraved things. How about all the folks? How about the women? Somebody needs to explain to me how there is a single woman in this country, and I don't give a rat's ass, Republican, Democrat, or independent. How could any woman permit somebody to say something like that and still be a supporter. It's been, it makes no sense at all. You know, there's no way to excuse these comments. And as a man, as a husband, as a father to a daughter, as an uncle to nieces, as the son, right, of, of obviously my mom and, and my, to, to the love that I had for my grandmother, I mean, you know, and all future generations that my children will give to me, how could any man stand up for somebody who says something this ignorant and this depraved? I, I don't know and I don't understand any longer. You know, I have this conversation with my father all the time and, my, and I, we just shake our head and we say, how, why? What is it that this guy is doing and saying that there are still people, not just who are supporting him, who are willing to do really bad things in his name, that there are people who are willing to financially support him and actually go toe-to-toe? I have this one friend I was telling you before, Ben, from Florida. He's a friend of mine since we were kids. I mean, I can't believe some of the shit that comes out of his mouth. And I say to him, what about, you You have all these negative things about Joe Biden. And a lot of it is centered around, you know, the Israel-Hamas war and what America is doing. And I say, look, I'm not going to say that I'm ecstatic about the way things are going over there. And in many different ways, I'm really not thrilled about it. But at the same point in time, if we have to measure between a Joe Biden, a man who has empathy, a man who actually has a religious conviction, and then you take somebody who is depraved, who has no human 
um, you know, um, who's just apathetic to anyone and everyone and who has zero religious connection to anything. How can you measure the two in a head-to-head -head competition? Now, personally, I'd like to see neither of them run, but I'm not this, and, and the only reason I say that about Joe Biden, I want to be clear about this, is only because of his age. I really, I really do believe that they're that you know he's slowing down as anybody would at that age who has the massive responsibility of running the biggest corporation in the entire world, and that's, of course, the United States of America. And then you're dealing with not just the economy, but the geopolitical issues that are going on, and so on and so forth. I mean, it is overwhelming, and age does play a factor. Now, there is no competition if you put a Trump versus a Biden you know, rematch. There should be not a question in anyone's mind who is the right person to take us into the future and it's definitively definitively not donald diaper trump and that's where you and i have a, a respectful disagreement on biden's age part of it obviously president biden versus donald trump there's no comparison there um but you know in terms of the types of things that President Biden has accomplished. By, by the way, no, there's no, there is no disagreement there. You and I talk about the massive amounts of bills that they've passed, the bipartisan bills, the, the CHIPS Act, the, the Health Act, you name it. I am 100% pro that. I just wish that Joe Biden was 10 years younger. That's but it. if he's doing the things that someone 10 years younger couldn't dream of accomplishing right now. The fact that President Biden may talk slightly slower or walk slightly slower, isn't age then just a number if he's accomplishing more at his age than a younger person would? I mean, that's the part when people say, oh, I, you know, if he's doing more at his age, to me, I don't care that you know his age then becomes just a number. I mean, you and I would both agree with these stats. I mean, take take a look at what the Wall Street Journal is reporting yep. this week, and this is the Wall Street Journal. And Listen, by the way, you know, I, I'm a big fan of President Biden's. I am a big fan of Dr. Jill Biden, and in fact, I'm extremely proud, and I have said so publicly that Hunter Biden has been successful in controlling the you know his drug addiction in a way that he has many people I've, i told you and i've been very clear about this on this show i lost two of my best friends to overdoses uh nothing was able to stop you know either of the two of them uh from you know what ultimately took their lives um so i give him so much credit you're right age is just age my big fear is that you know 80 to 84 is very different than 76 to 80. And I have just concerns with all of the problems that the country is having that, God forbid, he's not on his A game. And that's the only thing that, that's the only um, criticism that I have for Joe Biden. Other than that, I have none. I am a huge fan like you.
And and by the way, I think that President Biden even now has handled things, frankly, better, you know, than President Obama could have handled things when confronted with the same set of dire facts that Donald Trump put the country in as Donald Trump's response to COVID was beyond abysmal, as Donald Trump racked up $8 trillion in debt, as Donald Trump cut a deal with the Taliban over the heads of the government in Afghanistan and released 5,000 prisoners, as Donald Trump uh, just screwed up everything in the Middle East by sending Jared there. He went to Jared to do all this crap, which I don't think was a productive approach to dealing with things systemically. For Donald Trump, productive for Jared, I can tell it was you, productive that. for Jared. Got three and a half billion dollars out of it from right. the Saudis and other Middle East countries when he left. And yet the MAGA Republicans want to spend time now talking about a $4,000 loan repayment by Hunter Biden to his dad when his dad was neither the vice president or president, but yet they want to ignore three and a half billion dollars by Middle East countries where MBS bragged that he has Jared Kushner in his pocket. I mean, come on. This, the, the, it's just such crap when you listen to what these MAGA Republicans are saying. And, and here's the thing, though, that I feel going into 2024, I think there is a lot of momentum around President Biden. There's a lot of moment. It's the perfect time to build this momentum where, to me, Donald Trump's statements and his posts are not only kind of ringing hollow just amongst the pro-democracy community. If you look at New Hampshire, which I know legacy media wants to ignore with Nikki Haley picking up momentum in New Hampshire against Trump, if you look at Nikki Haley's recent advertising buy in Iowa as Donald Trump's looking more vulnerable there, I know Donald Trump and the media want to buy into Trump's narratives when he's like, all those other polls that show Nikki Haley doing well, those are fake polls. But let's be students of history about New Hampshire being independent minded. And when you see Donald Trump only up by a few points and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley kind of neck and neck as well. And if those votes coalesce around Nikki Haley, I know that people are going to wake up if Donald Trump loses New Hampshire and go, where did this come from? I thought there was going to be a red wave. I thought Trump was going to. Y'all are just ignoring the data in front of our faces. And Cohen, I'd love to be like, we are the best prognosticators here at Midas Touch. And wow, we got to look through and coalesce all that. I'm looking at the data that's in our faces and the media is looking at their narratives that they want to push. So, so let me say, you may all remember my very, very famous says who line on CNN with Brianna Keeler. It became a massive meme. People wanted to make fun of me. You know, Cohen, you're a moron, uh, and so on. Ultimately, who was right? I was right. Why? Because I knew the poll that she was referring to, and I couldn't get it out of her. That's where the whole says who came from. So let me make another prediction for you. I'm pretty sure the polls that are coming out now about showing Trump ahead of Biden by three points, five points, margin of error, seven percent, seven points, the whole thing. The whole thing is a big, gigantic bunch of bullshit. All right. And who's the ones that are that are creating this? It's the it's legacy media. Why? Uh, the answers should be really crystal clear. The reason that they do it is so that they have something to talk about. 
Just imagine. I want every single one of you right now to imagine that a poll comes out tomorrow that says Biden is leading Trump by 22 points. That Trump doesn't have a fucking plan of in, in, in hell of being the, the nominee, all right, being uh, winning the, uh, the general election. That the most he's going to get out of this is being the Republican nominee, most probably. Could you imagine what would the media be talking about? Every time a poll comes out that says, you know, that Trump is leading or that they're neck and neck, 50-50, and so on. Remember, and you have to read the actual poll. You have to look at the number of people that are being surveyed. Who are these people, right? First of all, I can't imagine that they're people with telephones because, truthfully, I don't know a person anymore that actually has a telephone, nor do I know anybody who's willing to sit on the phone for 15 minutes with a pollster because they have nothing else to do, right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So what you end up with is these bullshit poll results that they already know who they're calling. They already know how this person voted in the last five, six, seven elections. They know whether they're Republican or Democrat, and they skew the poll so that the poll comes out in favor of what they want. And that, again, is to keep the race neck and neck, tight, really tight, showing Trump potentially ahead, because that's what keeps our eyes glued to the station. And as our eyes remain glued to their station, advertisers come and advertisers pay more to the stations. So it's all about profitability. That's all that it's about. And I'll tell you another part of the bias that they have is that there's many independent polls, and this is why I don't want to get into a full conversation on all the polling, that show President Biden ahead, yet those never get the headline stories, or even if you then look into the numbers of like a Times, a New York Times poll, which shows how likely voters are going to be voting and Biden's winning that. They don't emphasize the likely voter numbers. They emphasize the non-likely voters. And, the, and so there's lots Lots of ways that they push this data because, again, what I've learned as we've been building this, you know, pro-democracy media network is that the media operates almost kind of like a ship, but like the Titanic. And they move super slow with these narratives and they can see an iceberg ahead, but they just can't move their narrative, their narrative. They all jump on the same narrative. And then you kind of got to just push the narrative and then they will then shift the way the feelings are and how people feel. And for me, I'm all about what's the data here? What's the data? And so I wanted to show you this before our first ad break, Cohen, like here's what the Wall Street Journal's front page is saying. Inflation ebbs, confidence rises, easing concern about slowdown. E even the way this headline is framed, easing concern about slowdown. If this was the economy under Trump, that headline would be saying there is a golden age right now. An economic miracle is what that Wall Street Journal headline would say if Trump were in office right now. Here is core PCE deflation, uh, inflation indicator. That not only is it down to the levels that the Fed wants to cut interest rates, but there could even be signs of mild deflation. If you want to talk about domestic oil drilling right now, you know how the MAGA Republic 
Republicans' lines, drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. Not only has President Biden ushered in major climate change reforms, but also there's more domestic drilling right now than when Trump was in office. And then I want to show you this one right here. This is on Fox. And here you have Kevin O'Leary right here and Larry Kudlaw. And this is what O'Leary is saying right here about the economy right now. Let's play this clip. I'm excited, Larry. We got the juice in printing money. We've got the Fed slowing down. We've got the soft landing. We've got broadening of the S&P 500 and the S&P 500. And obviously the Russell 2000. This is a fantastic holiday season. <laughs> Rudolph the reindeer has arrived. If this was Trump in office, you would be seeing every headline praising an economic miracle. Yep. I want to talk more about that. I want to show you some of Trump's unhinged posts and get your reaction to that as well. We'll do all of that and more. Oh, and we got to talk about Trump's brief on absolute presidential immunity, saying that he has king-like powers and how treasonous and traitorous I think that brief is. We'll talk about that and more after we take our first quick break of the show. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo beat, B-E-A-T at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle, T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season. 
We are back live on Political Beatdown. Thank you to our pro-democracy sponsors. You could support our sponsors using those discount codes in the description below. Cohen, when we took the break, I was showing you that Wall Street Journal headline that talks about inflation ebbs, confidence rises, easing concern about slowdown. And I was saying that if Donald Trump were in office right now, that headline would say golden age, economic miracle. I want to show you one more data point and, from- uh, and before you show it he's not even in office and he's still claiming that when he was in office that he had the highest number um the highest wall street numbers that he had the highest unemployment um not the lowest unemployment numbers of anyone he had the highest gdp everything he claims of course is inaccurate what he fails to acknowledge is the fact that the numbers that he's citing and the things that he's claiming that he accomplished under his administration are actually being accomplished right now under the Biden administration. It's comical. I mean, it's bizarro land. And the media, other than the Midas Touch Network and a few others, like lets that go unchecked. They let him go around, Donald Trump, and say that the current numbers are fake numbers. And also they let Donald Trump say they're both fake and also the reason why the economic metrics are all turning in the right direction, Trump now says, is because Biden is running off of the fumes of what Donald Trump did when Trump was in office. Or Donald Trump says the reason the stock market is now hitting record highs is because people are excited about the prospects of Trump returning. Now, think about the absurdity of that and that that goes unchecked by the media that says, what are you talking about? That's deranged. That's unhinged talk right there. No, it isn't. And the media should be saying against all odds, where even Bloomberg predicted the chance of recession, Michael Cohen, Bloomberg, they're in the business of finance. Yep. They said the chance of recession, 100%. They didn't even leave room for 99%. They said 100%. So what was the variable that stopped the recession, 100% recession from happening? President Biden and Bidenomics and changing the whole framework from yep. trickle down to bottom up, middle out. Because when you invest and believe in the American worker and not give unfair advantages to the billionaire and the decamillionaire, guess what? America is at its strongest then. And that's what Bidenomics showed at its core, that this trickle down crap Let's do socialism for billionaires, which is what trickle down is really all about, unfair advantage. With Bidenomics, it says, let's just give the American worker not unfair advantages, but a level playing field, and then America will thrive. I want to show you this one other video right here, Cohen, of a reporter talking about the current economic situation, the current economic condition, and then let's talk about what Donald Trump's been posting about over the holidays, because Trump wants it to be just about him, him, him. Here, let's play this clip. And as the holiday shopping season enters the home stretch, people seem to be feeling pretty jolly about the economy. The Consumer Confidence Index rose to more than 110 points. That's the highest number since July. The data is put together by a nonprofit business group called the Conference Board. There you have it right there. Cohen, you see what Donald Trump just posted moments before we went live on his social media platform? This is a, he's posting up like the words that uh, voters feel most about him. There was a recent poll that says like this is 
what voters think about him. And he thought that he should repost this to brag about it um, on this word tree. Power, revenge, dictatorship, dictator, nothing, America, corruption. <laughs> Donald Trump is reposting that word. The main word, the main two words that people associate with him is revenge, dictatorship, and power. I, I don't understand why he would repost something and try to make it into a holiday message. His actions, his behavior, his depravity, they're not holiday spirit terms. How about love? How about peace? How about climate change? How about you know, um, eradicate homelessness. How about, you know, feed, you know, feed the country, feed the world. I mean, there's so many positive messages that the Mandarin Mussolini, the orange colored Jesus thinks, or that he should be putting out there, but none of them are in this, um, uh, I don't even know what, what you would call this, this um, school, fourth grade school project of putting words into a tree-like, you know, shape. I don't get it. And again, I don't understand what people see in him and for what reason that can, they continue to support him. You know, and th the thing is that this is a fake tough guy conduct. Like real tough guys or tough people, they don't go around saying, I'm tough, I'm powerful. They just go ahead and 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 do it and 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 behave a certain way and 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 this is why authoritarians across the world see his conduct and they know how weak he is he's not even a real tough guy he's he's a wannabe and he's so trying to show the putins and the mbs's and president g's and kim jong-un of the world that he's tough with just this frankly ju juvenile it is and, juvenile and 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 weak behavior. Here's what Donald Trump just posted as well. He said that deranged Jack Smith should go to hell. He just posted this. Like, just think about it. If you were in any other situation where a criminal defendant says that a prosecutor should go to hell, I, I, I mean, Cohen, how is that even not a death threat where you say a prosecutor should go to hell? Um, by the way, this is what he posted as well over the uh, on Christmas. 2024 will go down as the year of a great and fully coordinated illegal election interference by crooked Joe Biden, the worst and most corrupt president. He puts this all in caps like a madman. Here's another one that Donald Trump posted. It's hard to have a truly great Christmas when you have a crooked and incompetent president who wants to put his political opponents in jail. Madness and doom, MAGA 2024. That's how he signs off his Christmas Day message. Madness and doom. Boom. MAGA 2024. And here's another one that he signs off um, saying that his perceived political opponents, may they rot in hell. Again, Merry Christmas. May they rot in hell. Michael Cohen, our country, I don't care what political party, this should be just viewed on a bipartisan basis as completely disqualifying behavior. This should be viewed as something, whether you have a D or an R or an I for independent, that we all look at and we don't go, oh, it's just Donald Trump saying it. We should all look at that and say, that behavior right there makes you unfit 
to hold any leadership position or be near the proximity of power. Yet, whether Donald Trump's found civilly liable for rape, whether he's on audio recording bragging about sexually abusing women, whether he leads an insurrection, whether he speaks like this and says people should rot in hell, no matter what, you will now have the modern day Republican Party because the Republican Party itself is dead. It's now full MAGA. This is the the worst he behaved. Let's let's respectfully disagree on that. I don't think the Republican Party is full MAGA. I think MAGA is is full MAGA, right? And they are a subsection of the Republican Party. There are plenty of Republicans that are out there. I know many of them, as I'm sure you do as well. You know, they will not vote for Donald Trump, regardless of what who the Democrat is, whether it's Joe Biden or anyone else. They just cannot stomach the chaos that Donald Trump brings to the table for four years plus, plus, plus. They just will not have it. And I think that there's more of them than we're really aware of. I just think right now that they keep their mouth shut because it's not, let's just say, politically expedient for them to come out and so and say the things that we're all saying. But you're right, Ben, about the other part. This should be a disqualifier for anyone thinking about running for any public office regardless of what office, including the president of the United States of America. The only thing that this should actually qualify you for is a straitjacket and a padded cell over at, you know, over at the local hospital because it's fucking nuts. There's no other way to describe it. It is fucking nuts. And the shit that comes out of his mouth, I mean, it's amazing. It's the kind of stuff that makes his asshole jealous. I mean, this is nonsensical. I mean, everything is deranged, uh, you know, Jack Smith and crooked Joe Biden and, you know, everybody go to hell except if you're a Donald Trump fan, but Merry Christmas to you anyway. I mean, who, who fucking speaks like this? Who behaves like this? I'll tell you who doesn't or who it shouldn't be. And that's someone running for the highest office in this country. If your kid did this, if your child did it, you, you turn around, you put him in the corner and punish him. I mean, this is unhinged, crazy talk. No other way to describe it. I mean, I, I even have a loss for words right now on just how ridiculous, stupid, imbecilic, childish, churlish, I mean, that this behavior of his is. And the fact that nobody around him, and this needs to scare everybody even more so, the fact that there's no one around him right now and today or yesterday or as these stupid posts come out to stop him from doing this, just imagine how much worse it's going to be if, in fact, God forbid a million times that he ends up winning the White House back. Let me challenge your proposition that you say the Republican Party is not dead and not full-blown MAGA right now, and that there's a part of the Republican Party that still exists, but they're silent. Would you and I both agree that the leader of today's Republican Party um, is Donald Trump, that he leads the Republican Party? Would, Would you agree with that? I do. Okay. Would you agree that the 
person who is the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mike Johnson, is nicknamed MAGA Mike Johnson for good reason. Totally agree. Would you agree that Mitch McConnell, the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate, um, while perhaps not full-blown MAGA, uh-huh. his, silence, his silence and complicity in not voting to impeach Donald Trump has created a situation where Trump could have been held accountable, but McConnell was someone who gave Trump a pass. Would you agree that, that McConnell gave him a pass? I agree McConnell gave him a so pass. So then if we go and look at certain states, let's take a look at who's the chair of the Republican Party in, say, Florida. Christian Ziegler, now accused of sexual abuse. His wife was one of the people who started Moms of Liberty. They were involved in these threesomes, and one of the people involved in the threesomes say that he sexually abused her. He, he denies the allegation. They've reduced his salary to a, to a dollar. Um, but full-blown MAGA leader in Florida, right? Full bl- Christian Ziegler. Correct. If we look at Michigan and we look at Christina Cromo, the great state of Michigan, full-blown MAGA leader in Michigan. I could do this in every state, Michael Cohen. Well, let me just tell you the reason why your premise is right, but where it falls. Trump doesn't have 100% of the Republican Party. In fact, he doesn't even have um, 50% of the Republican Party. What he has is he has a percentage like 42 or 44%, which is always going to be enough in order to beat out any primary challenger for a a position where Donald Trump is either, I can't even say endorsing and supporting. Look how many um, of Trump's uh, people that he wanted to put in to positions, how they got knocked out. Uh, And not uh, just only by Democrats, but also in primary. So my point is, he is controlling about 44% of the Republican Party, which is certainly enough for these folks to get in. Um, He he does not have the entire Republican Party. And I have to believe that just based upon the number of Republicans who I know. Look, I speak, for example, with my parents, and there are many retirees uh, that live in the same area that my parents live in uh, that are staunch Republicans, but will not either they will vote for Biden or they will not vote at all. And clearly, these people are the reasons why I made the statement that I did. Totally. And I think that our disagreement is perhaps more semantic than substantive. But my point is that if the captain of your ship is someone who's been found liable civilly for rape and who led an insurrection and you can voluntarily leave that ship, but you decide to stay on it and remain silent, you're still on the ship, even if you are silent. Mm a passenger on that ship. But I, I, I do want to talk about Trump. It was a lot of good debates on the show, Cole. Right? This is like yeah. the debate episode. Well, it's not really debating. <laughs> As you said, it is. It's, it's semantics over syntax. Totally. You know, to and so let, let's take a look at what Trump was grifting over the weekend per usual. He posted the Supreme Court ruling denying special counsel Jack Smith's petition for Cersei Arari. Jack Smith wanted the Supreme Court to hear Donald Trump's appeal directly. So Jack Smith said, look, instead of it going to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, 
let's just take the elevator to the penthouse because this is such an important issue. Supreme Court, we need you to hear this now because Donald Trump filed a motion to dismiss the indictment in Washington, D.C. on absolute presidential immunity grounds. Federal Judge Tanya Chutkin denied that motion. She said the text, the history, the structure of the Constitution does not support absolute presidential immunity for former presidents in criminal cases. So what Trump's really bragging about here when you read this email, he's talking about himself but is so not self-aware. Like, look what he says. This is what he sends out to his supporters. He goes, justice is a beautiful thing. The worst and most corrupt president in history was just denied by the Supreme Court. And look, he's obviously trying to refer to President Biden, who has nothing to do with this whatsoever. But the reality is, is that it's Donald Trump's appeal that was denied by the Supreme Court. And Donald Trump and his lawyers have been going around, Michael Cohen, and what have they been saying? That they want the Supreme Court to hear this. Yet when they had the opportunity, they said the Supreme Court should wait and delay. Let me play you this clip. Before you play anything, I I just want to go back to this to show you the demented mindset of Diaper Donald. All right. I really I want to bring this salty. Throw that back up there for one quick second, because I see Donald differently than the way most people look at it. I wasn't even looking at the part, Ben, that you were, which is, you know, justice is a beautiful thing, right? Obviously, this one went to Andrew uh, and so on. Look at the very top. Justice delivered. And I bring that up as the single most important thing because he is so clueless. Justice is not delivered in the fact that you won a motion that truly Jack Smith should not have brought that would take the system out of the proper path, out of the proper procedure. As you used in terms of as an analogy, Ben, you know, that he was trying to get straight to the penthouse uh, on the elevator. Well, yes, but in order to get to the penthouse, you still have to pass, you know, uh, floors two, three, four, five, all the way to however tall it is. You cannot just skip and skip everything in between and go straight to the penthouse. And that's the point that was made in the denial of Jack Smith's motion. Don't worry. If it comes before us, we will you know, determine whether or not it meets the requirement for us to even hear it. But you can't skip the earlier procedure. That's all that that really means. He's declaring it as justice is being delivered. I have been exonerated. No different than what he did at the Manhattan uh, District Attorney's uh, case after I had testified. He and Alina Haba and Chris Kyes and Cliff Robert, they all decided to throw their hands up. And no matter what, they were declaring victory that the only thing that the judge can do is to grant us, you know, the relief that we're asking, which is a decision immediately terminating the case and exonerating Donald. When that didn't happen, you know, the mango Mussolini blew a fucking gasket. He is completely out of control, and he is so myopic in his thoughts that they are deranged. And they're worse than deranged. They're delusional. 
And I'll go one further. I believe, in my opinion, they are treasonous and traitorous. I believe these briefs that he's filing, like the one he filed before the Colorado Supreme Court on the issue of the 14th Amendment Section 3 disqualification, look what he says in this brief. This is what Trump's argument was, and Trump lost that argument before the Colorado Supreme Court. He can now try to appeal that before the United States Supreme Court. It's the other one, Salty, with the highlight that says, summary of the argument, the framers excluded the office of president from Section 3 purposefully. Section 3 does not apply because the presidency is not an office. This is Trump's argument. Under the United States, the president is not an officer of the United States. And this is what Trump argues. This is his language, because I would never call him president. And President Trump did not take an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. That's Trump's words right there. His argument to the Colorado Supreme Court, which he's whining about that he lost, is that he did not take an oath to support the United States Constitution and that he was not an officer. On the other hand, he argues that he should have, even though he didn't take the oath, he argued in his brief over the weekend on the issue of absolute presidential immunity to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Take a look at what he argued. Summary of the argument right here, that he has king-like absolute immunity here. It says, Donald Trump has absolute immunity from prosecution for his official acts as president. The indictment alleges only official acts, so it must be dismissed. And to be clear, what Trump's argument is, is that if you accept as true everything that special counsel Jack Smith has accused me of doing, those acts to try to overthrow the results of the 2020 election constitute official acts, and therefore he should receive absolute presidential immunity, and that there is nothing that the court system can do about his conduct. Now, how confident does Donald Trump feel about those arguments? Well, special counsel Jack Smith said, let's take the elevator to the penthouse. Let's go right to the Supreme Court and let's ask them to deal with it. You feel confident in that argument, Donald Trump? Well, there are nine justices, six are right wing, three you appointed, Donald Trump. It's six to three right there. So you want to go in front of them? Let's see. And by the way, what did Alina Habba say? Alina Habba and Donald Trump's lawyers have been doing the media rounds saying yep. they want the Supreme Court to hear this argument directly. Play this clip of Alina Habba. If we got the clip. And I believe uh, someone had called on, on the Supreme Court to do this exact thing. We need the Supreme Court to step in and stop this. This has become complete mayhem. Mm. And if they don't start looking at these decisions and as the highest court in this country, as the arbiter of law, the ultimate arbiter of the Constitution, the people that are supposed to enforce our bedrock, if they don't start doing it, which thank goodness they are, we, you know, have some law and order hopefully soon. Well, people. You argued in your brief that the Supreme Court should not hear it now. And then when the Supreme Court basically said, let's wait for the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, you celebrated the Supreme Court not hearing your appeal, which you claim to be a slam dunk. So that yeah. to me is MAGA lawyering right there, which is just pure, unadulterated fascism. It's, it's definitively not even lawyering. Look, you know, Donald Von Schitzenpants comes up with these 
bullshit arguments, right? That make no sense. There's no basis in law or, you know, uh, at all, whether it's state or federal, there's no basis in law to anything that they put out. They make it up. And in order to sort of give it some, some weight and some credence, they get the future ex Mrs. Trump, you know, Haba, you know, to come on, you know, glam herself up with her extensions and, and eyelashes and so on, bat her eyes and talk about the Supreme Court is the, the highest arbiter of law in the country and so on. And they need to be the ones. I mean, they don't even, they, the funny thing is they don't even confer with one another so that they can all stay on message. It's a fucking free for all in Trump land of bullshit. It's you know there's there's an old expression if you can't baff if you can't dazzle them with your brilliance baffle them with your bullshit and that's the motto of Trump the Trump campaign and all of the Trump lawyers right if you can't you know dazzle them with your brilliance baffle them with your bullshit because that's all that they have and you know something as we come towards the end of our political beatdown. Obviously, somebody needs the two-finger salute, and it has to be Donald Von Schittenpants, all right? Fuck you, Donald, all right? You're not rewriting the Constitution. You're not, you haven't, you know, had a victory. There are no victories for you. So far, you have lost every single argument that you have put forth. The, you know, getting a delay, getting a delay in an eventual criminal case is not a victory. It is not. It's, you know, if you even want to consider this, is that a, um, you know, it's like, is it a war or is it the battle? Maybe it's a part of a battle that you're victorious, but you will lose the war because you are guilty of the crimes that you are being charged with. All right. Plain and simple. And for God's sakes, you know, to declare victory for what? So you could grift more money from these unsuspecting maggot morons with the four teeth and the three brain cells? Good for you. But for that, you earned the two-finger salute today. So fuck you. And he's earned a new nickname. I've heard a lot of Trump nicknames, but Trump Von shits his pants. No, it's Donald Von shits and pants. Donald Von shits his pants is definitely a new one. I want to do this special one for our Patreon followers out there. And I've never done this before. We've never done this before here on the podcast, which is I want to tell everyone about our Patreon, patreon.com slash political beatdown. But in the holiday spirit. I want to dedicate this Patreon specifically to questions we are asked now by those in the live chat. So if you are in the live chat right now, ask me or Michael Cohen anything. And when we go over to the Patreon and do our special after show right there, we will answer your questions. So right now I'm monitoring the chat. I'm going to pick as many as we can. Ask Michael Cohen a question. You could ask me a question. 
We will do our best to answer as many of them during the after show. And for you to get access to the after show, go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. We've said it before, but I'll just remind you, we don't have outside investors here at the Midas Touch Network or on political beatdown. And so the way we help build this independent media platform is through our Patreon. Um, and so if you're able to join, great. And we'll have a fun one this time with your questions. We'll answer exclusively on patreon.com slash political beatdown. So let me take a look right here. I'm going to try to screenshot as many questions. I'll take a few more minutes before we close out the show. Also, while we're at it, go to store.midastouch.com. Um, store.midastouch.com. Um, there's some, there are some good questions. One question is, Ben, why do you look to the left? a lot when you are talking. It's because I got to move my microphones to the left, but it's a, it's a great, it's a great, we'll answer that and more questions. Patreon. He has a, he has a lazy eye. Let's not make fun of him. Patreon.com. Uh, you never know. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Put the questions there. We will answer as many of them right now. Thank you all so much for watching political beatdown. Ben Micellis, Michael Cohen with the gloves. We'll see you next time. Have a great one.